Long and winding road. I'm going to guess some of you today feel like you're on that road, like you're wondering, and you don't really have any direction in your life. Some of you, you're, you're lost, you're, you're struggling, and I believe some would say you're at a point you're about ready to give up. You're, you're tired of, of the twists and turns that you're facing in life. Some of you are, are wandering, you're, you're searching, you're searching for hope, you're searching for satisfaction, maybe trying to figure out your purpose in, in this world. And there's something that I have noticed through the years that life has a way of leading us to God. You know, I believe it's God's intent. I believe it's God's desire to lead us to his door, ultimately. You know, Jesus said this. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be what? Open to you. Today, what I want to talk about, I want to talk about the importance of faith. That we need faith as we're navigating the long and winding road in life. You know, Hebrew writer writes this, says in Hebrews eleven six, And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who honestly seek him. We've said throughout this series, God is not looking for rituals in your life. He's not looking for you to follow a bunch of rules, but God's looking for a relationship with you. And that changes everything, a relationship where you are earnestly seeking him in in faith. You know, and faith is very, very complex. Scripture says that without faith in our lives, it's impossible to please God, that with faith, God will reward us in this life and in heaven both. So, you know, but we can't please God without having faith. We just can't. Jesus talked a lot about faith, talked about the importance of faith. Matthew 9, 29 says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. You know, Jesus said, we get to choose how God's going to bless and work in our life. And I want you to think about that, that verse right there because that is a lot to comprehend. It's a lot to t- take in in our lives. Jesus would also say later, he says, everything's possible for the person that has faith. You know, faith is about trusting God. Faith is vital if you're going to navigate in this world, you're going to navigate that long and winding road that you're on. In fact, faith is, is big. I mean, it's really big when it comes to navigating. Now, here's a question. How many of you would like to have a stronger faith? How many of you need enough energy to get your arm up this morning? You know, I mean, faith. Faith faith's kind of like a muscle. You've you got to develop it. You've got to strengthen it. The fact is, it, it can be weak. Or it can be strong. It really depends on how much you use it. And I know today that some of you would say, well, you know, Pastor, my my faith is pretty weak. And I want to say it's okay. That's okay. We all start somewhere. You do not wake up one day and boom, you just got this strong faith. It's something you have to work at. It's something that takes time. You have to develop it. The fact is, as you're on that long and winding road, you have an opportunity to build your faith. 
to build your faith. You know, when that road gets long, and it does sometimes, when it starts winding, it will do that. When, when that road takes a turn that you didn't expect, that you didn't plan, we start wondering, don't we? You know, why, why is this happening to me? And I don't understand. How, how could this possibly be? Friends, this is where faith plays a major role in your life. This is also when God will build your character. If you don't understand faith, you will look at that long and winding road that you're on, you will look at it and you will get discouraged. Some of you are discouraged today. You, you may get depressed. You may get resentful. You will certainly worry about the future if you do not understand how God works. If you don't have faith, you can't cooperate with God and what God's doing in your life. But I believe when you understand that there are different phases in your faith, it changes things. All of a sudden, you can begin to operate the way God wants you to operate. I mean, how's God build our faith? Well, the Hebrew writer, Hebrews 11.1 1, Hebrew writer writes, it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for, an insurance about what we do not see. See, faith is believing when I don't see it. See, the road may be long that you're on. It may be winding. But faith, faith in God, will allow you to see the future. You know, faith in God will allow you to see potential around you. It will allow you to envision a better day. Anybody need a better day today? It'll allow you to see things in advance. It's what faith does. Lots of people say, well, I believe it when I what? See it. God says just the opposite. God says, you see it when you believe it. You know, there are a lot of things in life that you have to believe first before you're going to see it. You know, in the 1960s, uh, it was the, the space race. How many of you remember that? We're going to date ourselves. But you remember the, the Russians were the first ones to reach outer space. And there was a Russian cosmonaut, German uh, Tivo, Tito, Titov, and uh, he was the second guy to go into space. And he made it out there. He circled the planet once. And they did an interview with him, and Titov said in that interview, he said he looked around. He looked all around, and he didn't see God. Couldn't find him. And so the communist government really capitalized on that, and so they started reporting that that was proof that there was no God. Six months later, a guy by the name of John Glenn, he went into space. He circled three times around the planet. And when Jim and I landed, he was a hero. And there were, he did a lot of interviews. And in, in one of his interviews, they asked Glenn some questions. And Glenn says, I saw God everywhere. You know, he saw his glory in the galaxy. He saw his majesty in the stars. But he said, I saw God everywhere. Now, here's my question for you. Which of those astronauts was correct? They both were. They both were. You know, Jesus said this. 
unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Friends, you can't see God until you have a spiritual transformation in in your life. Because what you believe is what you see. You see, on that long and winding road that you're on, God has a plan. Faith is believing that God is working even when you can't see him. There are many times in my life, I know God's working, I just don't see it. You know, when God wants to work in your life, he will always work and give you a dream. A dream about yourself, a dream about what he wants you to do, what he wants to do in your life, in and through you. In fact, the Bible is full of example after example. You know, God gave Noah a dream about building an ark, didn't he? God gave Abraham a dream. He told him he was going to be a father of a great nation. God gave Joseph a dream, said he would become a leader, and he would save his people. God gave Moses a dream, told him he would lead a nation out of slavery. But friends, I want to tell you, nothing ever happens. Nothing ever starts until you start dreaming. You know, how do you know if a dream's from God? Well, Scripture says, Ephesians 3, says, glory belongs to God, whose power is at work in us. By this power, he can do infinitely more, way more, way more than we can ask or imagine. A, A dream from God will require faith. A dream from God, I I believe, is so big, you can't do it on your own. You can't do it in isolation. And if you you could, if you could do whatever it is, you don't need faith, do you? I mean, God starts, God starts by giving a dream. In fact, I know for a fact that God's been speaking to many of you. He's been giving you a dream. You just didn't recognize it. You know, that, that, that dream, that, that idea, that concept, that thing that, that would change that situation in your life, that thing that would benefit other people, that hope that springs up inside of you. Where do you think that comes from? It's from God. It's how God works. God will never contradict his character. He'll never contradict his word. He'll never contradict the Bible with a dream. For instance, uh, God's not giving you a dream today to leave your family or leave your kids. God's not giving you a dream to uh, take money from people in some get-rich-quick scheme. That's not a dream from God. That's counter to, to how God works. It counters God's word. You know, we're talking about a dream that syncs up, that syncs up with God's word and who he is. But it always starts with a dream where you see a better day, things changing. And then the next phase you have in that dream is you have to make a decision. You begin to do something about that dream. Nothing's going to happen until you wake up and put something into action. You know, a lot, a lot of people dream. Lots of people dream, but very few people take that second step 
and make a decision to actually go for, for that dream. James writes this, he says, But ask in faith, never doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For the doubter, being double-minded, unstable in every way, must not expect to receive anything from God. Faith. It's a verb. Faith. It's active, not passive. Faith. It is a decision you make to flex that faith muscle in your life. And when you flex that muscle, a couple things have to happen. One, you make a decision to invest in whatever, whatever that dream is that God's given you. You know, you, you invest your time in it. You invest your money in it. You invest your reputation in it, your energy. You invest your entire being, your entire self in that. And it, decisions are required. They're mandated. And when you make that decision, you basically lay it on the line and say, you know what, God? I'm going for it. And you jump. God, I trust you. God, I know this is from you. I'm going to do it but it requires an investment of who you are. It also requires that you let go of whatever the security is in your life. In other words, you cannot move forward in faith. Hear this, you can't move forward in faith and hold on to security, hold on to the past. God said to Abraham, I'm gonna make you the father of a great nation. But he had to leave where he was. He had to leave his home for an unknown destination. He didn't know where he was going. You know, Moses, Moses had to let go of his position. I mean, he, he was in a position to possibly become the next Pharaoh. But he had to let go as God began to stir in his heart. And he began to have to let go of that if he was going to follow God's will. Friends, you want to walk on water? You got to get out of the boat, Right? You do. You know, the, it, this phase, and this is a difficult phase, it's kind of like a uh, trapeze artist at the circus. How many of you like, I love trapeze artists. They kind of capture everyone's attention, and they're, they're swinging on, on those bars. But they have to let go, don't they? And they let go, and they grab the other bar. They swing to the other side. They make it look pretty easy. But do you ever notice those bars are far enough away, you can't hold on to one and grab the other one, can you? I mean, you, you have to let go. At some point, you let go of that first bar so you can grab the next bar. And for a moment, you're not holding on to anything. You, you're just up there. You're suspended in, in the air. And that's a good example of, of faith. How many of you have ever been there in your life? just hanging, suspended, you know, maybe in your career, you know, where you just have to let go. No net, nothing to hold on to. But get this, if you don't let go, if you don't let go to grab that vision that God has given you for your life, if you don't let go, what happens? You swing back, don't you? And here's the tough part. You don't swing back all the way. And every time you hesitate, you swing less and less and less, don't you? 
until finally you're just hanging there. There's one way out, right? <laughs> Down. First phase, God gives you a dream. Next phase, you've got to decide to go for it. You just got to make a decision. And then the next part, I think, is what catches a lot of people off guard. Because they, they come to that point as they're traveling and they've made this decision to chase whatever it is that God's placed in their heart. And then they realize the road is long. Some of you are there, right? I mean, God will fulfill your dream, but not immediately. In fact, it is a rare thing that God will give you a dream one day and the next day fulfill it. Friends, road is long. The road is long. There are twists and turns. There are times of waiting, but it is a long, long, long road. I like what God said to Habakkuk. said, but these things I, I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, don't despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. Friends, this is the point in faith where you start going, when? Any of you thinking, when? You know, when, Lord? You know, when are you going to answer my prayer? You know, when are you going to work? We hate to wait. Does anybody like to wait? I mean, really, we, we hate waiting. We hate waiting at the doctor's office. We hate traffic jams. We hate waiting at the restaurant. We don't like to wait for anything. We really, really don't like to wait on God. I'm curious, how many of you have ever been in a hurry and God is not? I'm just curious. I mean, that's hard. I mean, when you're asking, when you're seeking, when you're knocking at that door, when you're ready and God isn't. Friends, God wants to work in you and on you before he ever begins to work on whatever that dream is that God has for you. It is a long road. It is a long road. Noah, he waited 120 years. I mean, from the time that he started building until it rained, and he didn't even know what rain was because it had never rained before. But Noah, that's a long road, isn't it? I mean, Abraham, he's told he'll be the father of a great nation. He didn't have a child till he was 99 years old. I mean, Joseph, Moses, David, I could just go on and on and on. People that traveled long, long roads. I mean, even Jesus. He came to be the Messiah to save the world. He waited 30 years and he worked in a carpenter shop with his dad before he started ministry. Long roads, waiting. But I figured out that's part of God's plan is the waiting. You learn while you're waiting. Waiting teaches you. It teaches you to trust God. And that stuff is valuable. 
How many of you have kids? Yeah. Have your kids figured out the difference between no and not yet? I mean, there's a big difference. But many times, I think, we, we look and God's saying, not yet, not yet, not yet. And what we hear is no. Friends, a delay is not a denial by God. In fact, many times God will have us wait as we're asking, as we're seeking, as we're knocking. At some point, God will open that door. God has a purpose. That's how God works. Some of you, I believe, are looking at that long, long road in your life. You're getting discouraged, and you're starting to doubt. You're starting to doubt. You're going, well, maybe I missed God's vision for my life. Maybe I missed what God was telling me. Maybe maybe I need to shift gears here. Friends, you're on a long road. Remember you're on a long road. Remember God's working. And how you handle those delays reveals a lot about your faith. A lot. I mean, not only are the roads long, but they're winding. Get this. Not only do you get to wait, you get to have problems. You get to face struggles. You get curves. You have critics, all kinds of stuff. David, David, he's anointed king. God anoints him. And then he spends the next several years being hunted down by Saul. David was on the run. David's hiding out. It was a long, winding road before he was king. You know, Joseph, I love the story of Joseph. Joseph had that dream. He dreamed that he would become a ruler. And then he was sold into slavery by his brothers. Then he's falsely accused of rape. Then he ends up in prison He had difficulty on top of difficulty upon difficulty. It was a long and winding road in his life. Moses, Moses had difficulties. Led the Israelites out of Egypt into the desert. They're heading to the promised land. One problem after another. You know, Egyptian army is barreling down on them, going to kill them. They didn't have food. They didn't have water at one point. People are dying. People are complaining I mean, they were doing what God called them to do. They were running after that vision that God had given them, but they still had a lot of problems. In fact, they would wind around in the desert for 40 years, around and around and around and around and around. Didn't have GPS, I guess. I don't know. But it was 40 years before they even got to the edge of the promised land. Long long winding road. The Bible says when Moses died, Joshua took over. They could see across the river. They could see the promised land. Moses had done the hard part, faced Pharaoh, led this group of people through the desert. You think it's going to be easy now, but scripture says they got to the promised land and the land was full of giants. They're freaking out. I mean, they, here they are going to the promised land, and they've got giants to deal with. And even in the promised land, they had to fight battle after battle after battle. They faced a lot of problems. And I read that, and I think, well, why has got a lot of that? You know why? Because God's working on their faith. 
He works on our faith. He's working on our character during those times. That's how God works. Peter writes this. He says, at present, you may be temporarily harassed by all kinds of trials. This is no accident. It happens to prove your faith, which is infinitely more valuable than what? Gold. More valuable than gold. Our faith is more valuable than gold. Friends, your problems, those struggles, sometimes God will let them get so bad that you feel like you hit the wall. You know, you kind of max out. You, you exhaust your options, which leads you to the next phase in life. Sometimes you look at that, that road you're on, it feels like it's endless, doesn't it? That problem It looks like there's no way forward. It feels hopeless. The situation many times will deteriorate from very difficult to what seems impossible. Some of you are there today. And what I want to say to you is congratulations. Because you are in really good company. Even the Apostle Paul felt that way. 2 Corinthians, Paul, Paul writes this. He says, my friends... I want you to know what a hard time we had in Asia. Our suffering were so horrible and so unbearable that death seemed certain. In fact, we felt sure that we were going to die. Catch this. But this made us stop trusting in ourselves and start trusting God who raises the dead to life. Friends, if God can raise someone physically from the dead, God can raise people that are emotionally dead. God can raise marriages that are dead. God can raise dead-end careers. God can give you victory over a health problem. If God can raise someone from the dead, God is absolutely capable of doing whatever it is you need God to do in your life. You know, Abraham's situation. God says, I'm going to make you become a father of a great nation. And then at 99, he still doesn't have children. It's gone from difficult to impossible. I think Abraham probably looked at his body and he said, no way. I think he looked at his wife and said, double no way, you know. All right, don't send me emails. All right. (laughs) Friends, we know that Sarah, initially, she did not believe because she laughed. If she had believed, I, I do not believe any woman that age would have laughed. I think they would have cried. But Sarah, Sarah cried or laughed. And Sarah got pregnant. And when that baby was born, Isaac, they named him that because it means laughter. God often, often lets our problems become impossibilities. The disciples, they were following Jesus. They believed that Jesus was the Messiah. And the next thing they knew, 
Jesus is being arrested. He's being beaten. He's hanging on a cross. He dies. They put him in a grave. And, they, and these guys come undone. It seemed like they were at the end, or so they thought. I mean, this phase is when you start going, you know, God, what's, what's going on? Did I miss something in your plan? You know, Moses had a dream. He's going to lead the people of, of, Egypt, of Israel out of Egypt. They'd been slaves there for 400 years. God had been promising he'd deliver them. And finally, Moses stands before Pharaoh 10 plagues later. And Pharaoh goes, just get out of here. You guys are a nuisance. Good riddance. Be gone. He's leading the people out. The next day, Pharaoh changes his mind. The Israelites are near, near the sea. They're surrounded by mountains. They're trapped. Egyptian armies bearing down on them. They are going to be slaughtered. There is no way out. It's a dead end. You've heard me talk about it. It's God's cul-de-sac that he puts us in. I am absolutely sure people were complaining. <laughs> we should have stayed in Egypt. You know, instead of following this silly dream of yours. I mean, some people, I believe, prefer bondage in life. They would rather live in a bad situation that's not God's will. They would rather do that than take a risk and trust God with a situation or a problem that that they have in their life. And it's interesting because the Israelites, they're hemmed in. Belzaphon is the, the name of the place. It means God's hidden treasure. Friends, Israel is exactly where God wants them to be. Some of you are at a dead end in your life right now. And I want to tell you, you're exactly where God wants you to be. God knows where you are. God knows what's going on. God knows he's got your number. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. That's how well he knows you. He has put you in that dead end for a purpose. You know, those dead ends are part of God's plan. And just a heads up, you're going to face a lot of dead ends in life. If you haven't figured that out. It's one of the phases of faith. How do you respond to that dead end? Paul says this. He who rescued us from so deadly a peril will continue to rescue us. On him we have set our hope that he will rescue us again. You know, the road, it's long, it's winding. You may be overwhelmed. It may seem impossible. You may be tired. You may be worn out. But friends, trust God. You know, set your hope on God. That positive expectation will lead you to the the final phase, that sixth phase where God opens the door, where God delivers, where God works. I mean, it's what happened. In Moses' case, God splits the sea. They walk to safety. It's what happened for Abraham. Sarah miraculously conceives a child. You know, Joseph's case, the dream comes true. He goes from that dungeon, he goes from prison to to second in command in Egypt. When the disciples hit the wall, Jesus walked out of that tomb. 
And what I have figured out about God in my life and as I've studied Scripture and as I've watched people is God loves to turn those crucifixions into resurrections. He loves to take dead ends and turn it into deliverance. It's how God works. It's where God does his best work. You know why he works that way? Because he gets all the credit. He gets all the glory. You know, what, it, what are you expecting in your life? What are you expecting from God in your life? Because God's doing exactly what you're expecting. You know, Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. You know, faith fellowship, it's an example of faith. It's, it's part of our name. That's not an accident. You know, it started with a dream. We saw faith fellowship before it ever existed. People were listening to God. They were seeing God's vision for our church. You know, the, the fact is, God was working. We were listening. We were just seeing God's vision. And it moved us to that second stage. Many of you were part of that. Where we made a decision. We said, we're going for it. And we invested ourselves. We invested our time and our talent and our resources and our money and our giftedness and our energy. And then the evil one, he does not want things to be easy. Never does. And so we've, we've had some hard times. We've had some trying times. We've had setbacks, things that didn't work the way we thought they'd work. We've had delays. We've had difficulties. It has been a long and winding road. But we just keep believing. And we keep honoring God with faith. And friends, we will keep believing God. That God will use us to reach people for Jesus Christ. That's why we exist You know, we will believe that God will use this church to change the River Bend area and the St. Louis area. You know, we will continue to believe that God will use us to mark eternity. And so we're just going to keep dreaming. You know, we're believing that that God's going to provide the finances. We're going to break ground this fall. I already see it. That's how God works. My question to you is, what dream has God given you for your life? And some of you may be going, well, I don't think I got a dream. That's okay. I would challenge you to start praying and just saying, God, give me a dream. Give me a dream of a better day. You know, what could change in my life? How could you use me? I mean, some of you got a dream. You've had it for a long time. It's a dream from God, but you've never made the decision to just cut loose and go for it. Still sitting on the fence. And some of you just need to take that step. I mean, some of you need to start by making Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life. Some of you need to be baptized. Some of you need to take the step and join this church or a church and get involved. Some of you need to get involved in ministry. Some of you are following your dream. Some of you, your, your, your prayer has not been answered. Maybe you've been praying for decades about something. But friends, you just keep pushing forward. Because just maybe you're in God's waiting room right now. Things don't happen as quick as we plan. We take detours. We tend to give up. Sometimes we just go the wrong direction. 
And I want to encourage you today to say, learn to wait. Learn to wait because God does fantastic stuff when you're waiting. What difficulties have you faced after going after whatever that dream was? You're being tested. And it will not be the last test. Life is full of tests. And God's just saying, you know what? I know exactly what you're going through. Do not think I've forgotten. I haven't. Some of you, you are at a point you see no way through, no way out. You're facing something that today you would say, it seems impossible to me. And I want to challenge you because I know you want to give up. And I know that God has you right where he wants you. Because God is preparing to make a way. He's preparing to deliver God, God's word for you. Maybe the only reason you're here this morning is because God wanted to whisper in your ear and say, hang on, stand strong, don't give up, keep pushing forward. Do you expect, do you trust that God will deliver you? Friends, he will. God is faithful. He's always faithful. According to your faith, let it be done to you. I want to challenge you. Remember, road is long. It is winding. You will face problems, delays, difficulties. But when God gives you a dream, when you're obedient, God will bring it to completion. He always does. Now, I want to close. We, we do this sometimes around here, but I know that some of you got stuff today. Maybe, maybe God's been working on you, and there's a dream, and you just haven't taken the step. Some of you maybe have been running after something. You feel like you're at that dead end, or you're discouraged today. But you know that God's showing you a better day, a better way. But right now, it's just kind of crummy. You're on that. It looks long. looks windy. But if you've got something and you want me to pray for that this morning, all I want you to do, you stand up where you're at, and I'm going to pray for us as a whole, uh, as a congregation. But if you've got something you want God to get involved in in, in your life, just stand up where you're at, and I want to pray for you this morning. Um, Every one of you that's standing, God knows. God knows every little detail, and God cares. And I pray that God will just allow his Holy Spirit to get involved in your life where you can see him, where you know that you leave here today encouraged about whatever it is that you're facing. Let's pray together. Our holy God, you see those that stand before you. And God, there are all kinds of situations, all kinds of dreams, all kinds of uh, challenges and problems and struggles. And God, I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would just whisper in their ear. That they'd know that you've got a hedge of protection around them. That you're there to give them strength to see through whatever it is they're going through. God, if you want them to sit and wait, that your spirit would just say, be still, be still.
God, we know you are fully capable of anything and everything. And God, I pray that we'd always be faithful. Forgive us those times when we fail. Forgive us those times when maybe we do our own thing instead of leaning on you. God, I pray that today we would all lean against you. Seek you. God, when that victory comes, when that new day arrives, when we push through whatever it is we're going through, that God, I pray we would sing from the mountaintops your glory, what you did, that we'd make it known, that we would not be quiet about it. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the families and the faithfulness. And God, I pray you continue to work in us and through us that we would always give you the glory with all we say and do. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you.